Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth, and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Today is the second part of a two-part podcast where I'm talking with three Connected Families certified coaches about anxiety. Last episode, we spent time defining and looking at anxiety, mainly in parents. In this episode, we want to talk about how to support our children who struggle with anxiety. I can't wait for you to hear this encouraging conversation that is filled with tools that you can use today. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Marnie, Taylor, Katie. Hi, ladies. Hey. (laughs) I gave your bios at the beginning of our last podcast. So listeners head over there and you can hear about each one of these ladies and their wisdom and the journeys they've walked through with anxiety, which gives them full credentials to be here today. (laughs) You can also check all that out in our show notes, but we're going to dive right in because I have lots of questions. I know there's parents that have a lot of questions and it's really, it's around how can I identify anxiety in my kids? How can I know if there's a real issue to deal with, if I need to go to a therapist or someone How do I know if this bad attitude that's showing up today, if this defiance, if this is really anxiety? And so I just want to start off giving that question to Marnie. What would you say? Well, I think as parents, sometimes we often think that our kids are being defiant or having a bad attitude when they don't do what we ask them to do. And sometimes we're focused on like our goal or what it is that needs to get done, our agenda. And when our kids aren't kind of in alignment with that, or they push back in any way, or they get angry, or they seem to have an attitude, then we take that as defiance. I think, you know, through connected families, right? We know that we need to find out what's going on in our kids. And so if we get curious, if we kind of are looking at this through the lens of I'm building wisdom in my child, I'm growing responsibility in my child. And we ask questions. Sometimes we can see that there's something deeper going on. So like, for example, if you ask your child to take out the garbage and they either avoid, maybe they just, yeah, I'll get to it. And then they don't, or they push back. I don't, I don't want to take out the garbage. I'm not doing it. Maybe they get angry. They have a, you know, a little tantrum about it that can trigger us as parents to think they're not doing their chores. They're not fulfilling their responsibilities. But if we get curious about it and we ask questions about it, like what's going on there? Like, I can see you're really upset. Why are you feeling so upset about taking out the garbage? Like this is something that you've been doing. I think you might find out that there might be a deeper issue there that is causing anxiety. Like maybe there's a fear of spiders and maybe they saw a spider on the garbage can yesterday. And so they're afraid to go out there and throw the garbage away. So I think sometimes it can look like defiance because as we talked about in our last podcast, right? It looks different in every kid and it can look like avoidance. It can look like pushback. It looks differently, but if you just get curious about it, yeah, sometimes there might be an issue that you have to work through and we have a great framework to help you work through those things, but sometimes there's something deeper underneath. And if you're really like focused on that, I think it can kind of help you tease out the difference between anxiety and defiance. 
Well, you know, I love asking questions, Barney. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> I helped co-write the Power of Questions online course. And I teach all the time in workshops to get curious and to look under the surface. What's really going on in my kids? It is my fa- one of my most favorite courses. <laughs> is yeah. it? Oh, you're just saying that. But thank you. <laughs> thank you. It sure has transformed my parenting. But I'm hearing some parents out there that are like, what? A spider. We're calling fear of a spider anxiety. And what? Get over it and take the garbage out. What would you say to that parent? Well, I would say that, you know, anxiety is the uh, a, a fear, right? Of something that is bigger. They're making it bigger than, than it is. So it's not necessarily rational. So I'll just share from my own personal experience that like I have some driving anxiety and yes, do I know that it's safe to cross over that bridge or that high overpass? Yeah, I know that it is. But when I start to go toward that high overpass. When I see it coming, when I see that body of water, I get tense. My palms start to sweat. My heart starts to race. Yes. I know that it's safe. Obviously there's cars ahead of me going over it. No one's falling off. But for me, it's just a big thing that I have to kind of talk myself out of, of, of being fearful of that. So I think there must be, you know, something that you can relate to that can remind you either in your own childhood, or maybe it's a a big assignment in your workplace, whatever it is, like you, you can put yourself in your child's position because not everything is rational or logical. And for kids, things are bigger, right? A lot. I mean, the whole world is bigger to them. They're smaller than we are. And so who knows what's driving that anxiety? Who knows if a kid told a story at school about a spider bite? I mean, you just don't know really what's going on until you dig a little deeper. So I think it's just really about getting curious with about your kids and really kind of that connection piece that we talk about in connected families so much. Yeah. And the word that I kept thinking about was compassionate also for what they're going through, no matter if it does feel irrational or not, how can I support them through it? And we're going to talk about how to support them through it for sure in this podcast today. But I, I want to give Taylor a chance to kind of pull apart that question also. How can we tell if the behavior is in front of us are anxiety in our children. Yes. I really love all that Marnie just mentioned. And I think we just really need to ask the question instead of the question of how do we know if it's anxiety or something else? We really just need to be asking the question, how can I partner with my child to bring lasting transformation? And to that answer, there's the framework, right? And so staying safe, like our, our response as parent, whether it's anxiety or whether it's defiance or whether it's a bad attitude or whatever, our response needs to be the same. And that is staying safe, connected, coaching to wisdom and holding kids responsible, just like the framework says to do. Are you a coach? I think also just becoming a student of our child and really understanding their patterns. And as, as you guys just talked about being curious is so helpful to kind of say, okay, is this anxiety playing a factor? And a lot of times it really is. That's really good. Okay. So if I'm starting to get a clue that the defiance is anxiety that my child isn't wanting to do something. And now I'm seeing a pattern and 
oh, it's this thing again and again. And so I'm getting curious and I'm asking questions. I guess that's where I start, but where do I go from there? And I'm throwing that one to Nurse Katie. Help us out. <laughs> I love that you called me Nurse Katie too, because I'm going to credit that to, to some skills I gained. I was a nursing professor for several years. And one thing we taught our students about therapeutic communication was how to listen well and how to listen in a way that helps people understand themselves and be motivated towards change. And so we use this tool called motivational interviewing, and it it has this acronym called ORS. And so I'm going to tell you what those letters stand for. But before we can even get out our ORS and start to row that boat, (laughs) we have to do that foundational work that both these ladies talked about. We have to make sure we're not bringing our own anxieties in, or we're not just absorbing our children's anxiety. A lot of times as parents, when we're trying to connect, we can kind of lose sight of how we feel and just feel how our kids feel. And then sometimes we'll get defensive because that doesn't feel safe either. But if we do that foundational work of securing ourselves, we can come in to support our kids without feeling like we have to save them or like we have to protect ourselves from them. So starting with open-ended questions, that's the O. So you guys covered that great. (laughs) I think everybody values that now. Yeah. Yes. Open-ended questions. I remember one of the first times I used this, my son woke up with morning dread and I've since learned it's about cortisol levels. I had never heard of, I'd never experienced this or heard of this. I just went in and my son was in bed panicking and just afraid that something bad was going to happen and he didn't know what. And so I just had no idea what to do or say. And these are some of my best parenting moments when I had no idea, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I remembered the oars. And so I started with open-ended questions with sincere curiosity, right? I really wanted just to understand. Um, I really wanted, but that also helped him think it through Mm -hmm. that helped him. When we talked before about anxiety, part of that is our thoughts are analyzing the situation. So me asking questions helps him analyze. And then the A is affirm. So As I'm asking these open-ended questions and listening, I'm really grabbing onto anything that is true and anything that is good. And so after I've asked questions and I'm starting to understand, I'm going to affirm how he feels because that's true. Mm -hmm. Whether I would feel that way or not doesn't matter. That's how he's feeling. It's true. I'm going to affirm what he values and I'm going to affirm any gifts, any strength, anything that was wise, anything that was good. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm going to restate what I heard. And so this is where we move into not just understanding, but helping them feel understood and where they begin to understand themselves. So I'm going to restate in a really humble way. So you're telling me this, is that right? And then they can say yes. So I'm reflecting back to them what they're saying. And so I'm going to go through each piece and make sure that they feel understood with each thing they've shared with me. And then the last of the ors is the S, which is summarize. So when I summarize, again, I'm focusing on what is true and what is good. And so I'm helping my child see that whole picture. A lot of times with anxiety, they can really get focused on the negative and not all the factors. So when I retell this story, I am leaving out any colorful language about their siblings. I am <laughs> leaving out any of those toxic beliefs that might pop up when when they're talking. 
I'm focusing on the part that is true and and good. And I'm going to validate the hard part, right? Like there are negative things that happened or you wouldn't have got triggered, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's true too, but it's not the only thing that's true. And so the ors, so open-ended questions, firm, restate, and summarize. That has really helped me learn how to listen, but also my child feel understood and understand themselves. Ors. What a great tool for a parent in the heat of the moment. That's really good. You know, it it strikes me that kids who have anxiety, if they're in a two-parent home, that those two parents have different personalities. And there maybe would be a parent who's just like a buck up kind of parent, just get over it. Kind of like I said in the beginning, like a spider, come on, get the garbage out, you know, like what? I don't even understand this child and what's going on. And then one that's more compassionate. And so I, I wonder what your thoughts are for how parents who are very different themselves can work together to support their children through anxiety. Marnie, do you have any thoughts on that or or even a story? Yes, I do. I think you were in the house, Stacey, because you just pretty much summed up. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, good. We actually got to work with Katie, um, my husband and I, and so she really helped us to kind of see how we could parent well together to help our son with his anxiety issues. So one thing that we kind of saw through our time with her was that we both had strengths that we brought to the, to the table. We both had weaknesses and we both kind of were on opposite ends of that to kind of a a big degree. But I think once we figured out what those strengths were and how we could work as a team to help our son that that just flipped everything. So in our situation, I'm more of the empathetic one. And I kind of tend to maybe try to, you know, smooth things over, make everything okay for everybody. And my husband is more of the, you know, you can do this kind of get it done kind of guy. And so those things would often hit in conflict when our child was in this escalation phase of having a lot of anxiety. And so we just learned how to kind of lean into each other's gifts a little bit more. So while I bring the gift of empathy and, you know, what's going on in my child, like that's my jam. I love to research and figure out like, what can I do to kind of help him through this? Mm -hmm. My husband is really good at you are called and capable and you are responsible and we're going to celebrate those wins. So I think just kind of noticing that instead of being maybe frustrated with each other, because I'm handling it this way and he's handling it this way, we could say, okay, this is maybe what we need right now to kind of give empathy. And I could kind of lead that charge because that's something that came more naturally to me. And maybe it was harder for me to like, okay, he can do this. Like we're going to give him the tools. We're going to empower him and he can do this. My husband, it doesn't, it's just not even a thought for him. Like that just comes super naturally to him. And he could think of ways to break the challenge into small pieces, the just right challenge, as we like to call it. Yeah. And then get that victory piece for my son. And then they would just like celebrate. And I mean, he would just like his little chest would puff up, his little shoulders would go back. And he was just like super proud of the fact that not only did he conquer it, but like he did it with dad and he was like, you know, right there with him, they were celebrating together. 
And it was just like a little, little man moment, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. So I think just like being able to gather as a team was the biggest thing for us and recognizing each other's gifts, Yeah. leaning into those instead of being at odds with those, if that makes sense. Recognizing each other's gifts, the, the good in our spouse, and then calling that out. Huh. We teach that in our kids, don't we? Let's recognize the giftings in our kids. It's, (laughs) we hear it all the time. The framework is applicable to our marriages also (laughs) for sure. But thanks for that story, Marnie. Yeah, that's a good one. See the gifts in your spouse and then work together in your strengths to support your child. You mentioned empathy in your story and you mentioned that you can be very empathetic. And I know that empathy plays a really important role when someone is feeling overwhelmed. And I wonder... I wonder if we could even do a little bit of a role play with the situation with a child um, where we could demonstrate what does empathy look like and how, you know, just what are some of the words that you would use as a child has an overwhelmed moment? So I wonder who would like to do that? I would love a good role play. Yeah. Taylor, (laughs) Taylor said yes. And Marnie said yes. Yay. Okay. Why don't the two of you, can you set it up for us listening? What should the role play be? So I think a big thing that comes up that's kind of really easy to spot is anxiety surrounding bedtime. Bedtime. Oh my goodness. We get questions about that all the time. Yes. 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 So why don't we do a role play where I am around nine or 10 years old and I've got some anxiety going on, but it's showing up as I'm not going to bed. And Marnie, why don't you be my mom? Sounds good. Marnie's the mom. Taylor's the nine-year-old. Yeah. Nine years, nine years old is pretty big. Not wanting to go to bed. Pretty big. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. You guys. So first we're going to role play it kind of the way that, you know, a lot of us handle it. I'm just being real stern and let's, let's just get to bed. Oh, we're, okay. So we're going to have versions. We're going to have the old way mm-hmm. and, and then, then you're going to redo yeah. it. Yeah. Then we're going to redo it, but then we're going to do it kind of like the really overprotective and just kind of make everybody feel better. And everyone's going to be happy at the end of this kind of role. Okay. And then the third one, we're going to do it through the framework. Oh, all right. Okay. Three times. <laughs> this yes. is going to be a treat. Okay. So I am sitting on my little bench in my room and I'm working really hard on the beaded necklace and it's bedtime. Taylor, Taylor, it's time for bed. Time to brush your teeth. Mm. Taylor, it's time. What, mom, what, what? It's time to get to bed. We have school tomorrow. I've got work. We got to get to bed. Um, look, I'm really busy right now. Okay. Can I just have some more time? We've talked about this. It's time for bed. You don't, you do not do well when you don't go to bed on time. We yes, have- I, I will do well. And look, my big sister, she can stay up. She's, and she's a teenager. I'm almost a teenager. Yeah, I can do that's it. That's enough. Mom. You're not a teenager. This is bedtime. It's time to brush your teeth and get Mom, into bed. So fair. Life's not fair. Just got to get to bed. We got to get. We got to no, get going. No, gonna- <laughs> you guys are so good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. So you see where that's going. Let's do it with the parent is a little bit too over concerned about everyone doing okay. Okay. So I'm sitting down on my beaded necklace working on this project. All right, Taylor, it's time for bed. Fresh tea. Mm-hmm. Come on. We got to get to bed. You have school tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, mom, no, just give me some more time. I'm working on this project. All right. 10 minutes. You can have 10 minutes. I'm going to set the timer okay. 10 minutes and then it's time for bed. Okay. Okay. Yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> 10 minutes passes. Taylor, 10 minutes is up. Time for bed. No, mom, that wasn't 10 minutes. It was 10 minutes. It's time for bed, honey. You have oh, to Mom, come on. Don't you see look at the necklace? It's so pretty. I know it is, but it's really, you're going to be tired. How long do you think it's going to take you to finish it? Like another hour. I'm working so hard. Can you see how hard this is? Okay. Okay. I'll give you 40 more minutes, but that's it. And then it's time for bed. Oh, okay. Whatever, mom. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we see how this is going. And yeah. we're just- <laughs> the child's going to be up till midnight. <laughs> yeah, and I still got my hour extra, right? So now we're going to pray through the framework and pay attention to where Marnie enters in real safe, connects with me, coaches me, and then holds me responsible. Here we go. I'm going to beat a necklace again. All right, Taylor, it's time for bed. Mom, no. What you doing? What you got there? Well, it's this necklace. I've been working on it really hard and I can't get this loop right. And it's just, it's gotta be perfect, mom. Gotta be perfect. Who's this for? And Katie at school, I just met her, you know, and like, I really want to make her something so that she'll like me, you know? I've heard you talk about her. You guys are starting to form a friendship. I think that's lovely that you're making this for her. I just don't want to mess it up. You know, like what happened with Lucy last summer. And I'm just like, I just have to make this right. You know, like she's going to love it just because you made it for her. It doesn't have to be perfect. Can I help? Can I help you with that loop right there? Can I help you put that in? I guess so. If you think you can do it, it's really I, I, I'd love to try. It's really lovely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had talked about um, at our last family meeting that we were having some trouble with bedtime and kind of what happens the next day. And, and it's kind of hard the next day when you don't get to hard, mom. I know. And I think that this is a wonderful project that you've got going. And I think it's something that we can finish tomorrow. But and mama, she's, she's expecting it tomorrow. Like I told her, I told her I have a present for tomorrow. And like, I'm like, what happens if she's like, she's mama, she's not going to like me. Taylor, you are doing such a wonderful job in this friendship that you're forming with Katie. I think that she is going to love this. And I think that it doesn't matter if it's perfect and it doesn't matter if it's there tomorrow because you are there tomorrow. And what she really cares about is your friendship. So how about if we, how about if we go tomorrow and we get a special box and we'll package it up real nice for her? Would you like to do that after school? We're going to do Leanne's fabric and picks. Yeah. We're going to pick out a special box for her and put this I'm excited, in. mom. I love that. I'm so glad. So right now we're going to go, we're going to brush our teeth together and then we're going to get our jammies on and get in bed. And then tomorrow we have this special day that we'll, that we'll, we'll do after school. Does that sound good? I guess so, mom. Let's go. Yay. You guys, <laughs> that was good. Three versions of that role play. That was fantastic. The old way, quote unquote, a more permissive way. And then what would you say? The new way, the connected families framework way. Yeah, I really liked it. What did you feel, Marnie, when you did it the connected families way as a parent? I just felt so grateful for like the opportunity to, to hear that what she was doing was it really wasn't about the necklace. It was about a friendship. I would have missed that as a parent if I had a little deeper that she was having this, you know, relationship anxiety with this new friend based on what had happened, you know, with her old friend. And it's just, I'm so grateful. Like, you know, I, as a parent, like sometimes I can get in that mode. Like I can vacillate between being too demanding and being overproductive and it's, it never really works right. Either way, just end up walking away feeling like 
I don't know, just this, this feeling of disconnection is what yeah, it is. Yeah. When you get curious about your kids and you kind of, instead of it being again, your agenda, right. It's about, right. about what's going on with your kid. It just, you walk away and you just feel like lighter. So even in that role play, you know, I just ended up walking away feeling lighter, right? So much lighter when we just set our agenda aside, get curious and ask a few questions. And then we get deeper. We get under the surface of what's going on in our child. I, you guys did a fantastic job role-playing. So thanks for doing that. Hey, we're late. We got to go to a break. We'll be back in a minute. Hey mom, do you find yourself feeling angry or struggling with negative and hopeless thoughts? We all have at one time or another. I certainly have. Here at Connected Families, we have a five-session online course that will encourage you with hopeful truth. The course is called Grace and Truth for Moms, and it's a core teaching that comes out of the first level of the Connected Families framework, You Are Safe With Me. The course is presented by Lynn Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families, and covers these topics. What is the real truth about me, about my kids, how to hold on to truth even in hard times? Grace and Truth for Mom was made for small groups. Even just you and a friend or a larger group of 10 to 15, you decide. But when you register your group, you'll have immediate access to all the online videos for the course. The course takes little to no preparation. You just press play and feel God's grace. Lori, Mom of Three, said this after she went through the course. God spoke to my heart and showed me how I have subconsciously been believing lies that I had to be some sort of perfect parent. I wanted to let go of that goal and just rest in the truth that I'm doing my best and will never be perfect, but Jesus is perfect. I hope you registered today. All the information about Grace and Truth for Moms online course is in our show notes or go to connectedfamilies.org. We're back after the break. Marnie and Taylor did a fantastic role play for us. Katie's here with us too. I want to ask you a question because sometimes in the midst of those moments where a child feels anxiety, kind of like in the role play, like all of a sudden the daughter was like, no, like I have anxiety around my friendship and it started to escalate a little bit. And, you know, that's the point where a lot of parents are like, what, you know, I don't know what to do. And they might have trouble connecting with their child in that moment. Katie, do you have any tips for that moment. We all wish our kids could cooperate and collaborate with us all the time. But the reality is we're not able to do that 100% of the time for a lot of reasons. And so sometimes our kids are just not able to cooperate. And so we have to make unilateral parenting decisions, right? We have to focus on what I can do, but we want to make sure we're supporting our child too, right? That's why you're here. <laughs> And so if we can't connect, one thing is that question again, what's going on in my child? And so one thing that's helped has been helpful for me to understand kind of relates to the window of tolerance that Taylor talked about in the first episode. When our kid is first, something sets off the anxiety. Something happens, something reminds them worry. We talked about that before. From the moment they're set off, we have this little window. And again, depending on lots of other factors, how big that window is. I know lots of parents have told 
told me my kid just goes from zero to 180 in, in no time flat. And so everybody's a little different, but you have this short little window if you can catch it. And then you can help your child cope to kind of bring down their level of distress and be able to cooperate. But if you miss that little window, we're in the peak of the escalation cycle and they're not going to be able to cope and come down until they empty out all those emotions. Mm. And at this point, our children are not going to be able to calm down yet. They're not going to stay in that place forever. And Mm -hmm. I have to, I literally have to tell myself that this is temporary, (laughs) but we will get another window after they empty out all that heavy emotion They will get to this other window of opportunity for us to help them cope and to to connect with them and then be in a place where we can coach and correct what just happened. What do we need to move forward? How can we make progress? And so in that window where my child can't connect and can't collaborate, I'm going to focus on what I can do, not what I want my child to do, Mm -hmm. right? What, what boundaries can I hold? So one physical safety, definitely secure physical safety. Mm -hmm. And, and then I encourage parents to use supportive statements. So you don't have to say it a lot, but you just say a grace-filled truth that is accepting what you're seeing right now and confident about how this is going to go. I see you're having a really hard time. I know we're going to get through this and figure it out, right? I'll be with you here. So they may not respond right away to that. But after the moment when they're reflecting on what just went down, they a lot of times can remember what you said and can process it later. But it also helps you stay in that safe place, stay in that place of truth, of accepting this is where we are right now. I'm not predicting the future. I'm not resenting the past. I'm right here right now. My child is struggling right now but I have hope. This is a great opportunity for gospel truths too, right? That help us accept the reality of this side of heaven, (laughs) but the hope we have through the promises of God. And so we just hold that space. We focus on keeping ourselves in a secure place while we wait for our child to return and be able to reconnect with us. And um, for your listeners, I would love like Psalm 73 is just such a beautiful picture of this to me. I reference it all the time where David talks about going through this with God, (laughs) where he couldn't connect with God, but God was with them and then Mm -hmm. later received him to glory. So that's okay. It's okay. If you can't calm your child down, it's okay. If you can't, your empathy doesn't quickly get you connection. There will Mm -hmm. be an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I believe that you just gave a lot of parents hope in the midst of that moment. They don't have to fix it right away. They, you know, there's maybe even nothing they can do in the moment. They can speak words of affirmation. I'm here. I'm here. I'm not leaving. We're in this together. I'm here for you. That was a lot of work for me. I will say that I am a fixer, but I have learned how powerful presence is, even when I can't fix it. Yeah. And I imagine that that is a very hard place to be in as a parent. Very hard. A lot of what's going on in me work is probably going (laughs) on simultaneously while you're saying, Jesus is here with me. 
I'm here with you. Actually, Jesus is here with all of us. <laughs> you're like, but it's given me, just like Marnie talked about before, I related so much when you're like, I got to know my child better mm-hmm. by coming alongside them. When I hold that space with my child, I've just come to be in awe of my children's ability to tolerate this discomfort, to get mm-hmm. through it and be okay. Yeah. I get to see them be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. to see them work through feelings that took me a lot longer to learn to work through. Okay. So we just talked about when it's really difficult to connect with our child in the midst of high anxiety. But I also want to ask about when you can connect with a child, they are being receptive to your guidance. And I know that Taylor has a story that I just think is really practical and, and, and just a good one. Taylor, will you tell the swimming pool story and and what what the anxiety looked like and then what you did with it? So I have a little guy and he he has some trauma background and he also has autism and delays. So he just has a big sensory system. And we went to a neighborhood pool. We were all so excited to go. I was excited to get out of the heat, Georgia heat (laughs) into the pool. And I was excited to bring him with me. I had his little floaty on. We were ready to go. All the kids jumped in the pool. And as soon as we got there, his little body tensed up. And he said, mommy, I don't want to swim. I don't want to swim. I don't want to swim. And so I think like, you know, a normal response for a parent could even be like, come on, you're getting in with me and just jumping in together or, and that kind of overfloods that system or it's okay. We don't have to swim. We'll just sit on the side. And then we're just not challenging them at all. Right. But you know, a way that I helped him was thinking, okay, what is a way we can take a step towards swimming? And the way our pool is, is it just gradually goes up to a shallow end. So there's an area of the pool where it's just where you get your feet wet. And so we went up there together and I just sat down he sat down beside me and he just held onto my arm and after a few minutes, his little arms began to tense. And then he was able to sit with next to me, just holding my hand where he was splashing in the water. And within a few minutes, he was kind of playing on his own in the shallow water. Now, did we ever fully immerse in the water? No, not that time, you know, but the next time he had that experience of that, that positive experience of being in the pool with a lot of people and a lot of stimulation going on. So we were able to go to that shallow end immediately and then kind of work our way in a little bit deeper next time. What you're describing is what Jim and Lynn talk about in the discipline that connects course, which we call the just right challenge. Maybe, maybe Marnie actually mentioned that earlier in the podcast today too, but it's just step by step. How do we progress to move forward? So thanks for that story. Taylor, I appreciate that it's proactive, right? It's not permissive and saying, okay, we're not going to deal with that then, but it's coming alongside our children, like as a coach, as a trainer, like how can I help them to grow right now through this and support them in it? So that's good. Well, hey, you guys, we are out of time. And this is the end of our second podcast that we have been together talking about anxiety. Our first one was a lot around defining it and talking about anxiety in ourselves as parents. And this podcast all around how to support our children who are walking through anxiety. I want everyone to know these three coaches um, are available. Connect with them if you have more questions about anxiety and they have resources and wisdom that they would love to share with you. Well, thanks for being with me, everyone. Thanks, Marty, Love, Taylor Irby, and Katie Wetzel. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us. It's been so much fun. Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in today, friends. Go to our show notes for more information about Grace and Truth for Moms, the online course that you could start even today with a friend. Also on the show notes, you can find all the contact information for the three Connected Families coaches that were my guests for this episode and last episode. Well, while you're there, would you please rate and review so others can find us more easily? And if this podcast has been helpful, consider sharing it with a friend. Well, for more information, go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.